Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And this is episode 20. How wow. crazy is that? 20 episodes. 20 episodes of us talking shit about trashy films. Yes, that's <laughs> gone quick. Well, happy new year. It's yes. 2020 now. Well, 20 in 2020. What? Oh, it's all. Yes. Brilliant. Anyway, so uh, we're here today to do something a little different. Well, not too different to what we did last week. Obviously, we mainly discuss a lot of uh, older films on here. But um, we figured we'd start and end every year with a bit of a, a list. And today, we have our most anticipated films of this year. Most anticipated horror films of this year, should I say. Yes, yeah. It is, uh, it's looking to be an alright year. I struggled. I struggled with what I wanted to include on this list. And that is rare. Last year, it was too easy. Um, but it does a lot. There's going to be a lot of good horror films out this year. Uh, we've already actually watched two films from this year already. We went to see The Gentleman and Jojo Rabbit yesterday, both of which, if you follow us on social media, you'll know we absolutely loved. Yeah, both were fantastic. It's, it's been a while, a good while since we've had a double bill at the cinema where both films have been absolute 10 out of 10 modern masterpieces. Like, they're both flawless. I, I love them both. Yeah, yeah, they were both very, very... I don't call them flawless, but yeah, fantastic. But they were quite high on the Chris Barker standards. They were, of course, yes, <laughs> yes. My high standards of film watching. But yeah, so I mean, that's at the bar pretty high for the rest of the year. We do have some films that we're looking forward to that are not horror films that we're going to mention as well. Um, but yeah, let's... Uh... Yeah, I, I, th- I think, like we said last year, when you watch as many films as we do... You know, they're not all going to be great. Um, and so a lot of what we're going to talk about now, films that we're looking forward to, we hope that they're going to be, yeah. you know, the next Midsummer or Us. Yeah. But who knows? <laughs> I mean, originally The Grudge was on my list. Um, but it's obviously been released everywhere else in the world before the UK, so... Uh, We've got to hear the hype. And, and normally, I don't like judging films on whatever people think. I like to go and make my own mind up. And we are going to go and make our own minds up. But um, if Black Christmas and Cats said if it's go by, then IMDb scores uh, should be a good guidance these days. And The Grudge is currently very low. I think it's on like a 4.1, 4.2. Yeah. Uh, I've not seen any nice reviews about it in fact the only nice review I've seen about it is someone who often posts bad films and says that they're really good so it didn't really give me a lot of faith no um <laughs> yeah which is a massive I mean you know again we haven't seen it yet we can't really say anything but it's disappointing that it's got this reaction considering you know it's got Lynn Shea in it it's got uh, Jackie Weaver in it it's got a great cast and I love the original I like the American remake I, I'm you know it's it's a property that you can really do anything with and it could be entertaining, but apparently this hasn't hit that mark. Yeah, I've always sort of said, you know, when it comes to bad films, um, I can forgive a lot if I'm entertained. Um, by all accounts, The Grudge is a bit boring, and boring films I can't forgive. How do you know it's boring? I haven't seen it yet. By all accounts what people have been saying oh okay <laughs> I thought you <laughs> alright there psychic Sally calm down <laughs> am I going to have to write down a list of the phrases that I use so you can understand wow sorry sound very clever anyway let's <laughs> so our actual most anticipated films of the year so Saw uh, you haven't seen all of the Saw films, have you? No, I've seen the first, seen the first one and quite enjoyed it. Yeah, um, we will go through the rest of them before this comes out. So this is going to be released on May 15th, five days before my birthday. Directed by Darren Lynn Balsman, who directed Saw 2, 3 and 4. Okay. Um, and starring Samuel L. Jackson and Chris Rock, and written by Chris Rock. Oh. Which is... I didn't realise it was written by Chris Rock. Yeah, really strange. I mean... We all know comedy and horror mix well. You know, Jordan Peele, John Krasinski, 
Yeah, you know, ready. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean comedians writing horror? Yeah, films? yeah. And, I mean, and a horror and comedy. I don't know if it's going to be a horror comedy, but I mean, comedians writing and directing horror films and such. You I know? don't know how you can stay true to what Saw is and make it a all and out comedy. Yeah, no, it won't be a comedy. I highly doubt it. No, um, torture porn and comedy don't really go together. Yeah, no, it's one of those franchises that's never really gone down a comedic route. Uh, I mean, Jigsaw was a little campy. Um, it's probably the campiest film out of the whole franchise. But really, that's as far as it went. It wasn't entirely... There's like a few jokes here and there, but... Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, I, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Jigsaw. Uh, Saw 3D, you'll see for yourself. Um, I mean, the sequels, it's, it's hard to judge them because they... It's all like one film, but not, not in just... the way that they're repetitive. Okay. They're not, not like that. I mean, you can't... Like Nightmare on Elm Street, you could pop on one of those films, any of those films at any time, and just watch it. You can't do that with Saw, because they all connect to each other so specifically that you have to watch them all in a row. You can't just randomly watch a Saw film. Okay. Unless you're watching the first one, of course. Um, so yeah, so I'm interested to see whether this reboots it or just carries on that story because I think really we've, we've had all we can with that story. I, I am interested though with Samuel L. Jackson and Chris Rock attached to it. It's nice to have a bit of a more you know African American take on Saw because it's not really had that yet. I, if I can remember right, no, no we haven't. No, we haven't really had any African American leads in Saw as of yet. I mean, unless you count in the first film with uh, was it Donald Glover. Donald Glover, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, he wasn't really a lead character, but yeah. So um, yeah, I'm I'm quite excited to see where they go with it. And that's why it's on my list. It it was originally the grudge in that place, but uh, this took over that. <laughs> <laughs> what you got on yours? Oh, what I've got on mine is um, I'm sure you've got it on yours as well. Is VFW? Yes, I have. Um, uh, so VFW stands for um, Veterans of Foreign Wars. Mm-hmm. Um. Which doesn't scream horror necessarily. Um, but yeah, it's uh, from the director of Bliss. Yes, Joe Bagos. Joe Bagos, which is one of our favourite horror films of last year. Yes. So this bodes very well. It. I don't think it's going to get a wide release or, or anything. Well, Do it's, you know? it's being released in America on Valentine's Day, February 14th. But a wide release. I don't know if it's wide release. It might be VOD. But I'm really hoping it's going to be shown at Glasgow Fright Fest. That's what we're excited for. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the director is known to pretty much show all of his films at Fright Fest so I'm hoping this one is going to be there it's starring uh, Stephen Lang from Don't Breathe uh, who, he was fantastic in Don't Breathe so I look forward to seeing what he does in this William Sadler who plays Death in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and Martin Cove as well so it's yeah Martin Cove who was one of the cops in um, last time, the original house on yeah last house on the last left. house on the left excuse me um, yeah and also George Went again yeah from Cheers fame. Have you got the plot down? Yeah, so it's about a group of war veterans that must defend their local VFW post and an innocent teen against a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of punk mutants. See, that just screams class of 1984. Uh, assault on Precinct 13. Assault on Precinct 13. Class of Newcomb High. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I d- I'm not sure what punk mutants mean. Uh, I, I just think of class of Newcomb High. And uh, yeah, or um, that Linda Blair film, Grotesque. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it just, either way, that's such a good premise. The trailer looks great. Yeah, it does um, look really good, actually. It does. It looks very stylish again. It yeah. It's a real great... Stylish. And it's got girls. a girl from girl from Bliss in it. Yeah, it? yeah, but we're not sure what she's gonna be. She's not gonna be the main girl. Is she not? Of it. Okay. No, no, not by the trailer. No. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is that these uh, this group of uh, older men are protecting a young teen as well in the film. So, and that's a, a female teen. So it's got that bit of female representation as well. So it's not just uh, loads of old men fighting teens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I love this uh, whole stylish action horror phase that. You know, it's been present for a few years now. I mean, obviously, we had your next. Don't breathe. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd class Don't Breathe as action horror, but it's at more action packed than most horror films. Um, and this looks like it's uh, 
you know, tying in with that sort of uh, phase. Yeah, 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 very exciting. And it's probably the the, the, the smallest film on our, on our list in terms of yeah. a lot of them are going to have wide releases, going to be at the cinema, going to have big names or... or um, big names attached to them mm-hmm. um, whereas this one uh, we're hoping will be at Fright Fest because yeah. we might miss it otherwise I mean there's probably a lot of films that we haven't even heard of that are going to be shown at Fright Fest this year I mean we didn't even know Bliss existed no, until it was announced no. Fright Fest um, so you know I mean that's that's the joy of going to that every year We, you know there's plenty of films that won't even be on our radar now that might end up being in our favourite films of the year yeah definitely Next up on my list, I've got Antlers, directed by Scott Cooper, who hasn't really made a horror film before, I don't think. He made a film called Black Mass, um, but it is being produced by Guillermo del Toro. Yes, yeah, who produced last year's Scary Stories in yeah. the Dark, and, and, and is also you a know, visionary legend. director. Yeah, legend of the uh, horror film. Uh, it's being released on April 17th, wide release I assume. And it's starring Kerry Russell and Jerry Plemons and Jeremy T. Thomas. Now, uh, Jesse Plemons is the cop from Game Night, who was in... Oh, uh, he always seems to be in everything. He was in The Irishman, weren't he? He was in The yes. Irishman. Wasn't he in The Master as well? He, he's he one of these that pops up. Yeah. And he's very, he was very good in Game Night. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, I recognise him. I think he was known from Breaking Bad, if I remember right. I I'm, I mean, I've never watched Breaking Bad myself. He's but got a memorable face. Yeah. I mean, we obviously know him from Game Night. And yeah, where he was hilarious. Yeah. And uh, this is about a small town uh, teacher and her brother, the local sheriff, who become uh, involved with a young student with a dangerous secret. Now, that's a very, a very vague premise. But the trailer looks insane. It looks so, so good. Lots of great horror imagery that you can tell is, you know, you can tell Dal Toro's had a lot to do with it from the trailer. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, if anything, if, if this ever works, anything to go by, then this is going to be fantastic. And it's called Antlers, so I'm assuming it's going to be something to do with Antlers. It doesn't even look like it from the no. trailer, which is strange. But it's, uh, there should be a reason why it's called Antlers. I mean, when I first saw the title, I thought it was just going to be about a killer reindeer. But, uh... Yeah. But what's unfortunately that, not. What's that Fallout Boy music video? Yeah, Sugar We're Going Down by Fallout yeah, Boy. Yeah, maybe it's a remake of that. <laughs> you never know. And the boy's got Antlers underneath and everyone hates him. <laughs> well... Um, <laughs> That might be the plot. It might be. <laughs> what, what a surprise that would be. What's, uh... Sorry, have I broken you? <laughs> that what's, what's next on your list? Next on my list is A Quiet Place 2. Mm-hmm. Back in the Habit. Yes. Um, yeah, this one looks very interesting. Yeah, directed once again by John Krasinski. Yeah. Krasinski. Krasinski. Krasinski and starring Emily Blunt. Again, yeah. Again. With Cillian Murphy this time. Yeah, Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy? Cillian Murphy. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so looking at the trailer for this one, what you would probably expect is that you're just going to get a rehash to the first film where they're all having to be very quiet and all that business, which worked really well. I mean, the first film was fantastic. Um, this one looks a little more wordy. Yeah. Um, from what you've seen, there was the trailer has a little bit of a flashback to when shit hit the fan. Uh, we didn't get that in the first film. We were sort of thrown straight into it, weren't mm. we? Uh, whereas this one, there's a little bit of backstory and also uh, the presence of the Killian Murphy character. And he, the family end up with him, and there's a lot more dialogue. Yeah, I mean, the plot itself know? says that, you know, it, it it's about them venturing into the unknown and realising that the creatures aren't the biggest threat um, around them. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, Killian Murphy could be playing a villain. Exactly. You know, so that's a really interesting I, I'm interested to see how much the show of what happened before um, everything went crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean... So we'll probably get John Krasinski a little bit in yeah. flashbacks. Yeah. Which is 
Nice. Yeah, that's been released on... he did really well. That's been released on March the 20th. Cool. Yes, I'm really excited for that. I, I really loved the first film. Um, do you remember when we saw it in the cinema and someone fell asleep and you could have snoring? fall asleep. <laughs> some, some guy just fell asleep in the cinema. And obviously this film, the whole purpose of it is, you know, you have to be quiet or... You know, you're going to get killed by aliens. So the film is a very, very quiet film if you haven't seen it. Uh, and we went to the cinema and watched it and some guy fell asleep and started snoring. He'd be the first one dead, wouldn't he? Yeah. Imagine, though, if, you know, if you're a big snorer <laughs> and you can't help it. Yeah, and it's true. And come and eat you up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're going to be very selective as to when we're going to see this so we don't end up in a cinema full of obnoxious teenagers because it'll no doubt be a 15. Yes, yeah, that always runs the risk of, especially, you know, we were quite fortunate with, I know we had Snoring Guy, but we were quite fortunate with the first film, we didn't have talkers. Um, No. Potentially we might have some talky people, so we're going to have to choose our timings wisely on that Mm -hmm. one. The next on my list is St. Maud. Now this looks an interesting one, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a British film. Um, is it? Oh, we was British. Yeah. Um, watched the trailer this morning. I did. Uh, Gary sort of made me aware of it. And it, it looks very interesting. It was giving me Margaret White, uh, a bit of Carrie, a bit of religious obsession, you know, that sort of Yeah, and it's from, it's from A24, who have obviously been pumping out some of the most sophisticated and well-made horror films in the last few years. Mm. Um... I mean, what's also worth mentioning, also coming from A24, is The Lighthouse, which is, I mean, I've got it on my other on the list, but it is meant to be a horror film. Uh, I've heard mixed things about it, um, but I'm still quite excited for The Lighthouse. I feel like we've been waiting ages to watch it. But that's from the director of The Witch. Now, when I first watched The Witch, I thought it was fine. I didn't... think I I didn't get what everyone was making a big deal about, but I think I might need to re-watch it, because, I mean, back then... You know, you didn't have Hereditary, you didn't have Midsommar, you didn't have the well-made horror films like Bliss and stuff like that that we've got today. So it was a bit of a shock to the system to see something so well-made and I didn't really know how to take it. I, I felt weird after watching it. I kind of felt like I needed to go take a shower. Um, but yeah, I want to rewatch that before watching The Lighthouse. But um, I've not seen The Witch. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, A24, they're killing it recently. I mean, St. Maud looks fantastic. It's got a female director. Rose Glass, and this is her directorial... Uh, direction, what is wrong with me today? Directional debut. Directorial. Directorial, oh, whatever. Words are failing me today. Directorial debut. Um, yeah, she's made short films before, and uh, yeah, this looks great. I mean, the cast is relatively unknown. Um, yeah, I, d- I didn't recognise anyone. Uh, and I think that often helps with horror films, you know. It could be more scary when you don't know who you're watching. Um, this has been released on May the 1st. I'm not sure whether it's going to get a wide release, so I kind of hope it does. Uh, and it's about a nurse who becomes dangerously obsessed with saving the soul of her dying patients. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked like religion was a big part of the trailer. Um, and potentially religious obsession. Yeah. Uh, so that that's always an interesting premise, if if done right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Should yeah. be good. So, um, that's not potentially going to be a fright fest, is it? I, I hope so. I, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, it could be unpredictable. It might be. Cool. That'd be quite good for yeah. a fresh film. What you got next on yours? Next on mine is Candyman. Mm-hmm. Um, this is produced by Jordan Peele. So it's not going to be directed by, it's produced by Jordan Peele. Has it been confirmed that Tony Todd's returning? It has been confirmed. So Tony Todd returning. We're big fans of the original Candyman, yes. aren't we? Love that film. So good. Um, Love the idea of, you know, this urban legend coming to life. The aspects of race and privilege and all that business so I hope that continues because that is still so relevant today I think it will Uh, you know uh, you're looking it's been how many almost 30 years since the original one Um, so but still that still relevant yeah still an interesting premise 
uh, they're calling it a spiritual sequel rather than a straight up remake or reboot. Yeah, which I'm glad because it doesn't need to be remade. No, no. And I'm glad Tony Todd's returning. It's also starring um, Yaya Abdul Marine Mateen was there. Oh, did I write that down wrong? Did you get the name? I didn't get the name. He, no. he played. Um, he played Black Manta in Aquaman. Uh, he's also going to be in the film. Originally, they said he was going to be Candyman, so I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't know if that's still the case. I mean, with Tony Todd return, I assume it's not. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with that, because he's a great actor. And it's being directed by Naya DaCosta, who directed Crossing the Line, a modern-day Western film, uh, which we haven't seen, but, I mean, the idea of a modern-day Western is, you know, always exciting. Um... But yeah, no, it's been released on June the twelfth, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, yeah. If 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 it's anything like the original one, um, that'll be really good. Really yeah. good. So next on my list, I have Antebellum. Do you remember watching the trailer for this? I don't. No, not gonna. Do lie. you not? Not gonna lie, do not remember. Oh okay. Um yeah, this is a uh, film. A, about a successful author who finds herself wrapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-blowing mystery before it's too late. Um, whilst I talk about, you know, who it's directed by, who's in it and whatnot, do you want to have a look on your phones? I think you'll remember. If you look at some images on IMDb, you'll remember this film. We, we randomly came across the trailer for this on YouTube. Um, it just uh, it came up with one of the ads, but it looked interesting. Normally we'd skip them, but uh, we kept it playing. And, uh, yeah, this looks absolutely oh, fantastic. Oh, of course, the one with Janelle Monet in. Yeah. Oh, yes, this looks great. Yeah, Janelle Monet, uh, Jenna Malone, directed by uh, Gerard Bush and Christopher Renz, who have only made music videos prior to this. So this is also their first film um, directing. And it's been released on March 20th. No, it's not. That's a quiet place, too. This has been released on April 24th. Yeah. No, really excited for this one. Love Janelle Monáe as a uh, singer and an actress, really. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it'd be nice to see her take the lead in a film. Yeah. No. Excuse me. How foolish. Yeah. Yeah. I know this one. Yeah. And I never, I never film. You know, I never horror film with a uh, predominantly African American cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it looks fantastic. It looks. Do you know? It looks very Jordan Peele esque, and I'm glad that we're at that stage already, where you know it, it looks as if of a director that taken influence from Jordan Peele when he's only released two films. Yeah, and it's the, it's the kind of stories that haven't been told in horror films. Yeah, and it's not a sequel, it's not a reboot, it's not a remake, no. it's not an adaptation. This is its own thing. And, you know, a lot of this, a few of the films on this list are their own thing. And I think that's what we need a lot more of um, within horror films now. Because, I mean, I, I love a sequel, you know. I, I'm a remake defender to a certain extent. But it's nice to see something original every now and then. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, really excited for this one. Um, um, I don't know why I was so silly as to forget. Yeah, great. So what's next on yours? So next on my list is Last Night in Soho. So this is the new film from Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. famous for the Shaun of the Dead. Cornetto Trilogy. Yeah, Cornetto Trilogy. And Baby Driver. Yeah, it's got Pilgrim vs. the World he made as well. Oh, he did, yeah. Yeah, that was all right. Um, so this is less of a comedy, they're saying. It's, uh, there's not much about it. About I think it's going to come out later in the year. I think this is going to be slightly bordering on Jalo, by the looks of it. Well, he says it's a psychological thriller, so it's not played for laughs. And it's going to be influenced by Roman Polanski's Repulsion and Nicholas Roeg's Don't Look Now. Yeah. Now, Don't Look Now is one of my favourite films. I listened to Edgar Wright talking on a podcast episode, I think it was for uh, Eli Roth's History of Horror, and he adores Don't Look Now. Yeah. Like, he worships that film. So if he's being influenced, if he's using that to his advantage or his influence, then this is going to be great. Yeah, this will be fantastic. And I, I didn't... Do you know what? It wasn't until I really read that bit where he says about Don't Look Now and Repulsion that I, I, I didn't really care all that much. Um, he's, a, he's a fantastic director. He is, he uh, is. Edgar Wright is but a I just thought he'd be another, you know, horror comedy... Um, but now that I know it's going to be 
played seriously, mm. it it's really piqued my interest. Yeah, I mean, you haven't seen um, you haven't seen Hot Fuzz and The World's End, have you? I haven't. No. No, they're both very very good films. Um, in fact, Hot Fuzz, you can see to a certain extent a lot of influence from um, The Wicker Man and Rosemary's Baby in that film. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth watching. There's a lot of horror influence in that and of course obviously Sean the Dead is a love letter to the zombie films of the Romero era and uh, The World's End is like a homage to uh, the old school sci-fi films yeah so it, 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 I'm very excited to see what he does with this I've heard uh, Edgar Wright and Quentin Tarantino t- sort of together yeah in the sense of they're directors who have great taste in films yeah they you know they take films that they love and they kind of just do their own things with them they don't necessarily remake them but they just create massive they wear their influences on their sleeve and then do their own thing with it which is you know we're in 2020 now we've had over a century of cinema Mm. you know there are certain stories that yes you know are modern and we can now tell um but there's always gonna be some influence there's always gonna be something that's like well that's like that that's like that um it's always gonna happen because you know that that's where we are now yeah no idea is truly 100 percent original but if you can do something great with the influences that you have you know, then props to you. Well, this is why, I mean, going back to the start of the episode, this is why I love Jojo Rabbit so much. That was completely original. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything else like that that's ever been made. I couldn't... I, yeah, it's... Yeah, but, then, but then you can sit there and say, well, the whole Hitler played for comedy thing, The Great Dictator, Charlie Chaplin did it. Yeah. And I don't necessarily want to sit here and say that because Jojo Rabbit's is its own film yeah, so what that... I'm trying to say is that there, there are no real original ideas anymore but what you do with them yeah. is your own and that's how you make a great film and which is what Jojo Rabbit did yeah well going from uh, I mean as I've said about our original films Going from something that is its own device to a sequel, um, I've got next on my list, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. So it's the one with the werewolf? Originally it was meant to be the one with the werewolf, but apparently this is rumoured to focus on the story of uh, Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, who killed his landlord in 1981, and there's a whole book about it. Oh. So he killed his landlord, said he was possessed, and... Uh, the devil made me do it. The Warrens uh, did an exorcism on him. And that's what this film's going to be, his court case, by the looks of it. Oh, okay. Oh. Which is going to be very, very different to the first two films, and everything else that's came with as it as well. As it should be, though, because Annabelle... Um, oh, what was that called? Come comes on. Home. Comes Home. Mm. You know, okay, it, it did it fairly well, but... You know, it's the same film over and over again. Well, I find with the Conjuring franchise, if it's got the Conjuring or the Annabelle name on it, you're at least guaranteed a good film. You look at The Nun and The Curse of La Llorona, uh, yeah, well, I need, need I say anymore. <laughs> you get to the point where the other films, they, they feel forced. The Conjuring and Annabelle, they both work because... There's a lot you could do with them. I mean, the nun was obviously originally a character in The Conjuring 2. So, I think she worked better as that. You know, this mysterious figure in there. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, linked to the Warren story. This was just played for cinematic elements. Yeah. Um, and it worked. But then when you give the nun her own film and you've got to force in other characters from the Conjuring universe, it just... it. It feels exactly what it is, forced, you know? It, it feels very generic. It, the scares are very generic. And and in the Curse of La Llorona, I don't know what the fuck they were doing with that. That that literally has 20 seconds connection to The Conjuring, um, where the priest from Annabelle is in it. And uh, he says, oh, uh, I once uh, met this haunted doll. And that was it. Uh, why the fuck did that need to be connected to The Conjuring universe? Yeah. It, it doesn't... It. it it's getting to the point where they're just... 
they're clinging on to it. They don't. They didn't need to make that a Conjuring film. If that line of dialogue wasn't in it, it wouldn't be a Conjuring film. Cause uh, you know, La Llorona, she wasn't in Annabelle Comes Home. She she she's not going to be in the next Conjuring film, as far as I know. But unfortunately, it is from the same director as The Curse of La Llorona. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. That. It's not being directed by James Wan. But is this the first Conjuring film to not be directed? It's the first with the Conjuring title that hasn't been directed by James Wan. He's still producing. Okay. But it has got Vera Farmiga and it has got Patrick Wilson returning. So I think with that and the new direction, I think it will be good. I, I do still have faith in it, you know, despite it being directed by um, by Michael Chavez. Chavez? I, I don't know how you pronounce it. I mean... <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, not to go on too much about La Llorona, but yeah. it, it just missed all the cultural aspects of it. And that's a terrifying story that could have been told. And there's countless other films with that character in, but it just seemed very Americanized and... It was dull. Yeah. It was dull. It, it, it was just same old, same old. Yeah. Seen it before. It didn't take advantage of that story and, you know the cultural origins of it. it instead it just took that character briefly told a story and threw it into sequence after sequence of fucking jump scares and cgi ghosts and it's fucking boring we and don't need that now people making stupid decisions yeah well wow. i hate that in horror films you, you don't need that now we're not in that stage anymore you know i mean obviously paranormal activity i'm a paranormal activity defender you know 2009 that was released we had a batch of found footage films. Insidious was released shortly after. I think Insidious is a modern horror masterpiece. You had a bunch of Insidious ripoffs. With that came The Conjuring. Miraculously, The Conjuring was even better than Insidious, you know, and then you had more ripoffs coming with that. But then we hit a wall. We hit a wall with The Witch, and then we had Hereditary. We had Us. We had Get Out. We had Split. We had Midsummer. We're in the stage now of just well-made horror films. You've got your ha- your action horror as well, like Ready or Not and You're Next. The ghost horror films, they're dying out. I don't know why Curse of La Llorona even needed to be released. I don't know why The Grudge needed to be released this year. It's, it's something that's not as popular as it once was. And if you're going to do it, you've got to do it right. Which hopefully The Conjuring 3 will do. And that's why it's on my list. I think they can do it with the Conjuring title. And I think if they go the route that you've just said, this this gentleman kills his landlord and this goes through the court case. Yes. And he says he's possessed and the, you know, the exorcism and everything. That sounds interesting. Yeah. That sounds new. Yeah, completely new. It's a different dynamic. It's a different um, angle. Yeah. To look at these things, um, because the, the the Conjuring one and two were essentially the same story of a family being torn apart by yeah this entity or, or whatever it was. Believe. But they still managed to between one and two. They still managed to make it feel different. Like mm. Conjuring two is better than the Conjuring one. It's it the it's the best thing they've released with that title so far. Um, I mean Annabelle. And the first Annabelle film wasn't very well received, but Annabelle come uh, not Annabelle comes home. Annabelle creation was fantastic, so good. Like that, that was so much better than it had any right to be. Uh, I mean, Annabelle comes home was fun. You know, it it was the same old thing, but it was fun. And then you got like your own, and then that are not fun. They're not new. They don't feel new. They feel the same old thing. Like they're they're doing a spin-off for the Crooked Man. Why? Get the fuck out of here. We don't need a Crooked Man film. Again, he worked better in The Conjuring 2. That's that is a weird choice. It's so weird. Like I mean, what the fuck are they gonna make a film of next? The clapping monkey from Manabout Comes Home. Oh god. It's like you don't need this shit. But um but I am, you know, I am glad uh, rant over. Are you right there, love? <laughs> rant over. They, I'm glad and that's the end of this week's podcast <laughs> thank you for listening rant, my rant is finished but I'm glad that they, they are going down a different route with The Conjuring 3 is what I'm saying and I am looking forward to it what's next on your list next on my list and 
usually we would have a, a rant about remakes and sequels and such. Um, would we? Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of them. I mean, I have but just gone on a like ten minute rant about the Conjuring exactly. franchise. Exactly. But... So you you talk. <laughs> I mean, we've had what so far? Quiet Place Two, Candyman is a spiritual sequel. Store is a sequel. This one's a remake, and it is a horror film, and it's The Witches. Yes. I am so excited for this one. Really excited. I love Nicholas Roig's original film with Angelica Houston. It is a horror film for kids, um, because fucking scary. It was scary. You've seen it. I, you? Yeah, I love it The Witches. scary back in the day. And it seems to be in good hands, this remake. Um, Anne Hathaway starring as the Grand High Witch, which I love Anne Hathaway. I'm actually disappointed it's not the actress who played her at For the Love of Horror this year. No, okay, let's <laughs> not. Thank you. Let's not ruin it. When we went to For the Love of Horror, a uh, horror convention this year, there was uh, they did a fancy dress competition and they got this... Uh, member of staff to dress up as the Grand High Witch. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> she's fucking annoying. She was so fucking annoying. She really was. She, she loved the sound kept, of her own voice. Yeah, she just kept repeating herself. Oh, damn. There are children on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> she sounded like she was trying to be Asian Barbo from Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Oh, uh, <laughs> That's a random reference. How people many people know that? what that is now? Yeah, so... Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Mm. Zemeckis. 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 With great with pronunciations today. Yeah, I know, yeah. (laughs) Fucking it up, really. Um, Yeah, so he's done some great films. Oh, yeah. Um, Back to the Future. Um, And I hope he goes down the camp route, actually. I know it's a horror film. But it's a horror film for kids, so I, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be an eighteen. I don't. Um, but he also directed Death Becomes Her. Oh yeah, so which it's a very is very good. The hands. epitome of camp. Yeah. Um. So I know he can do it, and I hope that they do do it with this one. And I hope it's a fun film, and I hope Anne Hathaway's good in it because she's had she had a shock in twenty nineteen, didn't she? just a bit yeah yeah she's pretty much read to filth front back and centre um and I love her so I would like to see her career continue um in the direction it was going in because she's a great actress this reminds me did you know Blumhouse are remaking The Craft oh I don't know if that's been released this year if I'm honest but um did you know that Blumhouse Remade Black Christmas, Black Christmas yes, I'm aware of that. and it totally sounds like they're going to do the same thing <laughs> with the craft. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't. Oh, I don't like the idea hey, of that. Come on. I've got two more films on my list that are, uh, and they're both Blumhouse. So. <laughs> do you remember when the worst Blumhouse film was Ready or Not? No, I don't, because Ready or Not is a phenomenal film, and it wasn't by Blumhouse. Not Ready or Not. What's the one? <laughs> Truth or dare. Oh, I, was, I think that's a gas leak in here today. Um, truth or dare. Yeah. Truth or dare. Gary yeah. hated that. I, I wasn't a fan. Gary hated that film. Excuse me. Did you, you enjoy it? You hated that film. Uh, Gary absolutely detested it. And he was so excited because it was Blumhouse. And Blumhouse had never made a bad film. Blumhouse are uh, the future of horror cinema and... Oh, Blumhouse, they deserve all the Oscars and shit. And then we watched Truth or Death, and you were so disappointed, Russia. <sighs> yes. And now, in 2020, it's not even the worst Blumhouse film. I know. So, um, I'm, this time next year, you won't be seeing The Craft on my um, most anticipated films list. You never know. I no. Mean, I don't know when it's released. It might be released this year. Oh. It might be like Netflix or some or Shudder or <laughs> God. I don't know. Yeah, we don't need if, a Shudder exclusive after Hal House Free. Uh, if it's anything like Black Christmas, then I'm not looking forward to it. Well, com- coming from the famous studio Blumhouse, we have The Invisible Man. 
Now there's something excited for. Yeah, this directed, is on my list as well. Well, this is directed by Lee Wanell, who directed Upgrade, Insidious Three. He produced and wrote Saw with James Wan. He did. Um, in, he stars in all the Insidious films. He's a fantastic name in horror, uh, for starring, producing, and directing. I mean, Upgrade was phenomenal. Um, he did such a fantastic job with that. Uh, and by the looks of the trailer, this is looking very promising. This looks really, really good, and this really epitomizes what I was saying earlier about taking something that already exists. Yeah. The name, the Invisible Man, the idea. Um, forgive me, it's the H.G. Wells it novel, is. isn't it? it? Is. Thank you, because I, I fucked that up a few weeks ago and I said George Orwell when I mentioned H.G. <laughs> Wells. <laughs> no one noticed, but I noticed. Um, the H.G. Wells novel, the idea, the, the old Universal Monsters, Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. And this film ain't even about the Invisible Man. No. It's not. It's th- There's an, an Invisible Man in it. But this is the story of Elizabeth Moss's character. Yeah. You know, and that is how you do it. You take this premise, you take this idea, and you make it into something new, something fresh, something really exciting. You look at it from a different angle. You look at it from a different perspective. You know, in this case, it's of a woman who has been emotionally and physically, you know, assaulted... Yeah. By this guy. Uh, and it's in the trailer. And he seemingly dies. Yeah, he takes his own life. Takes leaves, his own life. Leaves all of his uh, his fortune to her. And then uh, people start mysteriously dying. But but it's pretty much... Um, in the trailer, the whole idea is that he's not killed himself. He's made himself invisible. And what he's doing is trying to make her feel like... Or seem like she's going insane. So she's not mentally competent enough to inherit this money from him. Now that is a fucking good premise yeah. for a film. I mean, immediately... That is exciting. I, I, immediately for me, I, we haven't seen the film yet. We've only seen the trailer. But for me, I'm taking away from that, you know, a uh, another way of telling the story of the effects that, uh, you know, domestic abuse could have on Absolutely. And and with the Invisible Man being a metaphor for uh, the trauma from it. Yeah. Exactly. That's out on February 28th, so not long to go to that one. I'm really, really excited to see how that plays out. And I think that that's a film that can have many, many layers and just really be fascinating and interesting and scary. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's the holy grail of horror films. Yeah. Was uh, oh oh should should we just mention the fact that that was originally going to be within the dark universe that was started with uh, Dracula Reborn then cancelled and then started again with the Mummy then cancelled and uh, <laughs> yeah now it's this yeah yeah uh, originally it was going to be Johnny Depp playing the Invisible Man if I remember right I mean we don't have to, we employ Johnny Depp these days do we would you call that so the the Tom Cruise film yeah of The Mummy I didn't see it bullshit you, you watched it Awful. and you hated it yeah were they calling that horror yeah because to me it just looked like an action film it was a set, yeah but the, I don't get why The Mummy is being translated as an action film like with Brendan Fraser and then with the Tom Cruise one it was a fucking horror film why is it an action film all of a sudden I, I yeah it was played to be an action horror um, but it was sent up like the MCU, like you could see the creature on the Black Lagoon's hand in one of the shots, and there's hints at other monsters and blah blah whatever. Um, Russell Crowe was Jekyll and Hyde and all that shit. Um, but yeah, I- I'm very glad that was scrapped because it looks like it's actually in good hands now. It, I think if they do continue doing Universal monster ad- adaptions, adaptations, should I say, um, then this is the best way to go forward. You know, old idea, new take. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, really excited. <laughs> Next on my list is... Uh, well... Why I, is this on your list? The, well, this is on my list because it's it's the turning. So, it's 
a new film based on the Henry James novel, um, Turn of the Screw. And that in novel was adapted uh, The Innocence. Yeah. God, I cannot fucking talk today. What is wrong? I swear. <laughs> I swear there's something in the, in the air in here. Because we're both having a meltdown. Um, it's that conjuring, man. So The Innocence, the Deborah uh, Carr film. Um, very good. Very well received. Fantastic film. So I was like, oh, you know, I thought they were going to modernise it. Calling it The Turning. You know, making it hip and cool um do you know it doesn't look that bad it doesn't look that bad it does look quite good it's got the kid from it and stranger things Finn Wolfhard. yeah um so it does look interesting the premise is essentially the nanny goes to look after these kids in an old house the house is haunted mm-hmm. essentially there we go i know it's another ghost story but it's the ghost story, you know? Yeah. Turn of the Screw was, you know, from the 19th century. It's, it was very new at the time. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm just talking shit now because I have a few <laughs> issues. Um, the film was in development hell for a while. Um, producer Steven Spielberg actually scrapped it after spending five million on it. And then decided, oh no, we'll finish this off. And it's also being released in January. It's a horror film. It's out on the 24th of Jan. Which doesn't bode well. When has that ever gone wrong? For horror films. <laughs> a January release for horror films is usually a death curse. Mm-hmm. You go onto the IMDB page. And it looks like there's been no reviews yet. Or Usually there's a few, isn't there? that From sneak previews and such. Yeah. Usually, because it was Black Christmas as well, wasn't it? It got mm-hmm. released and then, you know, the IMDb rating yeah. was crap. Um, so I'm a bit nervous about this one. It is on my list because I like the story. Um, I really enjoyed The Innocence. But I'm not. I'm a bit nervous. A bit nervous. Do you want to go to your next one? Yeah, let's go to my next one. <laughs> so next one is a Netflix film. We've, we haven't really spoken about Netflix films. I don't know what's coming out on Netflix. No, it's difficult because IMDb have... doesn't really tell you. It's... Well, there was they had a big Twitter um, feed of them announcing what's coming in 2020 on Netflix. But it was really long and I couldn't... Yeah, if I'm honest, with Netflix horror, I, I'm, I rarely care about it because it... It's always the same shit. It's always... They release a film. It's meant to be the most shocking film of all time. People are turning it off because it's so scared. People are throwing up on whatever. Oh, God. And then... Just remember that Veronica. I know. And and then you watch it, and it's just like, is that it? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I'm not dismissing all Netflix horror films. You know, I'm sure there'll be some good ones released this year. But I've mainly focused on things outside of Netflix on, um, on my list. I mean, like, theatrical, and, of course, with the case of VFW, smaller horror films that might not even get a distribution deal. Because, um, I mean, a lot of those can be better. I, I feel find Netflix could be very generic, and I am looking at you in the tall grass. <laughs> but this one is a Netflix film. It's Army of the Dead. Now, this is by Zack Snyder. Yeah, I mean, that gives me faith who directed the remake of Dawn of the Dead yeah. in 2004. A really good remake. Yeah. Um, so it, this was meant to be a sort of sequel to it, um, but they they sort of scrapped that idea. Um, apparently the script was very dark. Mm. Very, very dark. Um, so they've scrapped that, and they've got a new um, story. It's Dave Batista. Who I'm starting to really like. Oh, he's great. I mean, I, uh, I'm i a wrestling fan, so I always knew him as a wrestler. He was never really my favourite wrestler. Um, but I've seen him in, like, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and such. And I, th- I, um, and I thought he was pretty good in the new Blade Runner film. Yeah. The newest Blade Runner film, excuse me. Um, and he'll play a mercenary hoping to pull off a heist in zombie-infected Las Vegas. That sounds great. That sounds fun. Yeah. That sounds like a video game. Uh, to be fair. Yeah, no, it, it does sound good. And Zack Snyder's a great director. I mean, 
you know, he, he always, even if his films are bad, he always, you know, has a great vision, great cinematography. He's, he's done a lot of DC films, He has, he? yeah. Um, but no, he, you know, I'm excited. He's very good when it comes to horror. Like I said, I love the Dawn the Dead remake, so I'm excited to see what he does with this. Yeah, yeah, that should be good. I, I, I don't know about release dates for it. I haven't written any of them down, apart from The Turning. Because well, that was a big... <laughs> uh, I've, red flag. I've saved this one for last because I think we could probably both agree this is both of our most anticipated film horror film up there with our most anticipated films of the year is of course Halloween Kills yes directed once again by David Gordon Green the guy who saved Halloween uh, released on October 16th and starring Jamie Lee Curtis Judy Greer Andy Matichak uh, Matikak, Matishak, you know we're shit at pronunciations today. Forgive us. Pronunciations. Uh, oh, go fuck yourself. Um, Carl Richards, Anthony Michael Hall, Charles Cyphers, Nancy Stevens, Nick Castle, James Jude Courtney. I cannot wait for this film. I'm so excited. This will be good. We loved the uh, the last Halloween sequel, which was I mean called Halloween. Um, again, Blumhouse. This is why I don't get how they did so bad with Black Christmas. They fucking killed it with Halloween. I suppose, it, obviously, the director's probably a lot to blame as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the last Halloween sequel was just perfect. It was the best Halloween sequel. This is how the franchise should go. They completely ignored everything from uh, the end of one onwards. Uh, I just really hope they could do it again with this one. Yeah. I mean, when you look at that cast... So many original actors from Halloween returning from the original Halloween. Kyle Richards, who the fuck thought that had ever happened? I didn't know. <laughs> now that she's a Beverly Housewife, Beverly yeah. Hills Housewife. Charles Cyphers, who the fuck thought that had happened? You know, it's... I thought he was dead. Uh, wow. Um, Nancy Stevens, who played the nurse in the original. You know, this is amazing, and of course Jamie Lee Curtis. But this is the first of two Halloween sequels being released. Uh, next year we've got Halloween Ends which is uh, the conclusion of this new trilogy um, yeah I'm honestly just really really excited for where it where do you think they're going to go with the story Well, it, having so many of the original characters back I mean the sequel um, the 2018 sequel um, was you know um, Laurie's story and her trauma and that 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 was really what the film was about her not ever having gotten over what happened that night and rightfully so yeah. because he did come back and try and kill her uh, spoiler alert excuse me um what is this film going to be about having so many of the characters back whose story is it going to are we going to look at how it affected the kids yes I think I think so. I think it will delve into all of them and how you know this figure from their past returning. You know, could have the effect on them. I mean, obviously, Charles Cyphers' daughter died in the original Halloween. Yeah. So, so do you think that Laurie will take a little bit of a back seat in this one? I don't know. Cause this has very much been marketed as her story. Yeah. This is still marketed. This and the next film, are marketed as the Laurie and Michael Myers story. So. I don't think she's going to take a backseat, but I also think these older characters may have bigger roles as well than we think they're going to have. She might be the, the link for all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no trailer up yet, but from what footage and images we have seen, we can see some of it takes place at the Haddonfield Hospital from Halloween, the original Halloween 2. So I'm interested to see whether they go down a Halloween 2 route and whether they do set it in the hospital throughout the whole film. Or I mean, I kind of hope they don't, because then that's really treading on old ground. But at the same time, maybe it could work. I don't know. Well, it was always a good premise, Halloween yeah. too. Thank God Rob Zombie's not directing it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm so excited for that. Um, and here's some mentions of films that aren't necessarily horror films, but we're excited for. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I mean, Finn Wolfhard again, he seems to be the young face of horror these days. He does. He's, he's in so much and it's normally always great. I mean, we haven't seen The Turning yet. Uh, but the old cast are coming back as well. It's fucking Sigourney Weaver's coming back for it. Yes. I actually didn't hate the uh, all-female reboot myself, but um, I am excited to see 
the original cast returning. Uh, 1917 that's coming out next week. Yes, really excited for that one. It's it's that time of year now where we're going to get all these Oscar-worthy yeah. films. Uh, it's a bit harsh, really, that they all get sort of... Get released in a dump month. Yeah, well, they, they do, though, don't they? Yeah. Because it's coming up to that period. It's fresh in people's minds. Um, and, and it's a shame, really, because you get... Uh, films from last year who we could sit here and say are really worthy mm-hmm. um, but they get overlooked because all these films you know the fucking Golden Globes are tonight yeah and a lot of those films haven't even been released in the UK yeah it really pisses me off um, I'm, I'm rooting for Jennifer Lopez by the way uh, that film um, was released last year. Jennifer Lopez and Laura Dern. Yeah. I don't care who which one wins it. Either of them do. But it, or the actress from Booksmart. Yes, yeah. But Sorry, yeah. that was my little rant about... 19, 1917, next week, looks incredible. We're seeing Bombshell on Tuesday, which I am so excited for. Yeah. That is... looks The trailer looks incredible. Yeah, and that that's a, a very modern story yeah. that needs to be told and really excited and Nicole Kidman looks great in that film as with the next few uh, films on this list uh, very predominantly female cast good Black Widow Black Widow Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson is absolutely tearing at my heartstrings this past year three films she's been in I've watched three films made me cry um, I don't know if Black Widow is going to do the same uh, Misbehaviour with Kira Knightley, which looks really, really good. Remind me. Um, it's not necessarily an old period drama, but it's set in the 70s, if I remember right. Oh, is this... Oh, yes. Is this the one um, where a group of women hatch a plan to disrupt the 1970 Miss World Beauty Competition in London? Yes, I am, DB. That is the one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this one looks really interesting. <laughs> that should be fun. Nice little British film. I think that is. Prom- yeah, Promising Young Woman. Looks, again, looks incredible. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Wonder Woman 1984. I am so excited for. And I don't get excited over um, comic book films. I don't. Sorry. Joker. <clears throat> Joker, and yeah, I didn't get that excited over this. We've watched a bunch of films to get prepared for it. Yeah, but films I wanted to watch. But this film I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman in the 80s, I can't think of anything more perfect. Bill and Ted face the music. I am so excited for this. I love the first two Bill and Ted films. And Samara Weaving's going to be in this, and you know I love Samara Weaving. Yes, yes. She's quickly becoming one of your favourites. She is. Eternals, um, another MCU film being released later next year. uh, Apparently with the first lead gay character in a Marvel film. Okay. So it's not just going to be a throwaway character. Um, Godzilla vs. Kong... Yeah. No, you're not excited? Not really. I hope they do it all right. This one they could really screw up. The the last... They've progressively been getting worse, I find. Not really, because, I mean, Godzilla was... King Kong Skull right. Island. Skull, Skull Island was fantastic. Yeah, and then it was Godzilla. King of the Monsters. What was the King first the Godzilla Monsters? was before Skull Island. Was it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. And last but not least, Dune. Yes. When's that out? In December. And that's from the same director as Blade Runner. The sequel. The sequel. Twenty forty nine. <laughs> yeah, so that should be really good. We we've not seen the David Lynch version, have we? No, but that, we'll be making our way for his films very yeah, soon. Yeah, that that didn't do too well. Uh, a lot of people didn't like that one, so. Hopefully, but I I think. I think if it, the the way he did Blade Runner, yeah, I think if he does the same. Oh, oh excuse me. Neighbors are having a fall over. He says. <laughs> um, but I I think I think, <laughs> um, I think if he does the same with Dune. Yeah. 
I think it should be visually stunning masterpiece. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, you've heard about the films coming out this year. Now, what you've all been waiting for is our schedule. We've got coming up this year. Yes. Yes. You've most exciting part of the episode. Worth the wait. My, my phone has just been buzzing. Listening to, uh, listen to all our uh, mistakes this episode and pronouncing things wrong. <laughs> yeah. All to get to this moment. So... We have a new... Because, I mean, you know, we love doing this. We love doing the podcast. And we want to release more stuff. So, uh, yeah. You know, we've decided to put out something a little extra every month. So, from now on, on the last Friday of each month, we will be releasing a bonus episode where we talk about original versus remake. Yes. Yeah, because we... I sort of said... um, in this episode, you know, sometimes you're a little harsh on sequels and, and remakes. and I mean, I am. I sometimes think, oh, God, not another one. Well, we're both probably going to be very harsh on the first yeah. episode. Oh, yeah, no, um, these are definitely going to be rank-worthy films. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're starting this off uh, on January 31st with A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a fan of the remake, because the first one is, you know, within our... I think both our top five favourite films of all time. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I mean, we've seen the remake. I mean, we're not going to say anything about it now. We don't want to spoil what we've got to say about it, but um, I'm sure you could probably guess. Um, and then, yeah, so then we're going to continue that for the rest of the year, see if you guys like it, and uh, yeah, go from there. If you have any suggestions as to what you want to hear, let us know. Um, February, we're splitting in two. We've got the first two weeks of Valentine's special episodes. And then two episodes of films uh, for Women in Horror Month. So these are going to be films with strong female leads that, you know, give great female representation. Uh, maybe some bad female representation, so we've discussed it and compared yeah. it to. Um, then, of course, we've got our Friday the 13th episodes in March and November, where we'll be talking about parts two and three. June, we've got Pride Month. So we'll be dedicating an entire month to talking about LGBT films. And on August the 18th, we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre Day. Uh, A new yearly event we'll be doing where we'll cover the whole franchise over the course of uh, a lot of years. On August the 18th each year. And then October, we will be covering... What is wrong with me? We'll be covering... The entire Halloween franchise, including Halloween Kills. From start to finish. Will we? Yes, we discussed this. Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> so, we will be discussing the original, 2, Season of the Witch, 4, 5, 6, H2O, Resurrection, Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2, <laughs> uh, 2018 sequel, and this year's latest sequel. Do you think that's going to be fun? <laughs> I think some of it will. <laughs> Are you excited for the Rob Zombie episode? My, do you know what my thing is? I haven't actually seen the really shit ones. So I've seen Halloween one and two. Two's a pretty decent sequel. Yeah. I've seen three. I didn't. I didn't like three. Not gonna lie. Four's a pretty decent sequel. I haven't seen five, six. Uh, I've seen H two O. That was good. Haven't seen Resurrection. I've seen the remake. That was the. Um, I haven't seen the sequel to the remake. Oh, you're in for a treat. So yeah, I, I, the actual dog shit of the series I haven't actually watched yet. Wow, excited for that. And next week we'll be talking about Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. <laughs> present I've got you for Christmas. Yes. Yeah. It's the only present he got me for Christmas. That is bullshit. <laughs> and so is this film. So <laughs> I hope you're I haven't seen it before by all accounts because I, I, I it was when I was sort of getting into horror when this came out around that time um, and I was like oh you know that would be interesting. Fortunately I never got to watch it. Until um, now. Until now. So get your black eyeliner and black nail varnish ready because this is an all out emo goth early 2000s new metal horror film oh no (laughs) 
to like Limp Bizkit. This is the film film equivalent of uh, Limp Bizkit and Linkin Park. Oh, God. This is going to be great. (laughs) So, that's our most anticipated horror films of the year and our schedule. We obviously have many other things coming up as well, but those are the highlights that we have coming up. So... Thank you for listening. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And like and follow on everything else. Uh, we're on social media, Horror Court Trash over on Instagram and Facebook. Horror Court Trash on Twitter. I'm Gazmo205 on Instagram. Gascruz92 on Twitter. And DeadlightGaz92 on Letterboxd. I'm Chris... You're still here? <laughs> you're still here? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm Chris Barker823 on um, Instagram Twitter and Letterboxd and yeah so we'll see you same time same place next week with Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2 bye